Breakfast from Scotston. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy. Welcome back to Warriors Weekly, the official Glasgow Warriors Club podcast. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Acast and every other podcast platform. And please do get in touch with us on Twitter using the hashtag Warriors Weekly. It's been a quiet week here at Scotstone with 20 players in Scotland's Six Nations camp and everyone else on a week off. But yesterday I caught up with Adam Ash on the phone to discuss everything along the N8. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast. Down the line is Adam Ash. Ashy, all the way from down the M8, Scotland camp. How's your week been? How's things through there? Week's been good. Uh, so we were in here on Sunday night. Um, and the preparation's going for the game this weekend. And um, from there, today was a pretty tough day's training. Um we had our field session this morning along with our units and then uh, had some lunch and then we had some kind of walkthroughs and weights this afternoon. So that's me just back in the room after a long day. Got my feet up, got my socks off and I'm just sitting here with my roommate, Gary Graham. Is Gary Graham there? Nice. Is it, um, is it drastically different from a Warriors training session? Is everything different or are there similarities? You'll obviously know what it's like training under Gregor, but are there huge differences in a Monday session? Well... The sessions are quite similar, but what I would say is different is the the structures of the week. So here in Scotland camp, we'll train on a Monday and it'll be a full day's training. Um, And then same again on Tuesday and then Wednesday will be a a past day. So we'll train up until lunchtime. Um, And then we'll have the Thursday as a day off and then the Friday will be team run. And into game on Saturday, Warriors, what we do is usually... Mondays are really kind of low-key day, so you don't really go above a slow jog in the training sessions. Um, you do all your review meetings and that kind of thing. Um, and then the Tuesday will normally sort of be the day off, and then we'll come back in Wednesday, uh, train hard that day. We'll have a full-on session, normally some contact involved in that. And then say it's a Friday game or whatever, we'll, we'll have a captain's run on Thursday and then we'll be into if, if the game's on Saturday we'll train Tuesday that'll be a little bit more intense and then we'll be off the Wednesday with a hard session on the Thursday so it's just different it takes a little bit of time to adapt to just the different structures of the week um, for instance you know when we're coming in here we tend to feel quite tired for the first week or two just mm-hmm. getting used to the, the heavy training load at the start of the week um, so that that's the main difference but as I say after a couple of weeks you you adapt quite well to A couple of new faces in camp today. Stafford McDowell and Rosa Hughes called up. Delighted for them too. Yeah, brilliant to see them in here. I never knew about it until I seen them both uh, on the car park on Sunday night when they pulled in. So, um, no, it's good to see them here and uh, both seem pretty excited to be involved. So let's go back to Friday night, mate. An absolute classic that will live long in the memory at Scotston. <laughs> <laughs> What was it like to be like a win's a win? Let's most importantly, there's four points on the board. What was what was it like out there? Yeah, it was pretty wild. I mean, uh, the weather was kind of swithering all day. To be honest with you, it sort of picked up and the rain started about uh, five six o'clock. The wind was gusting everywhere by that time as well. So um, it was pretty wet out there. Um, 
the ball was wet and obviously with the wind as well it makes it quite difficult to catch the ball <laughs> so there was a lot of errors a lot of scrums a very stop start game as uh, for anybody that watched it would obviously uh, have realised it wasn't great viewing uh, but you know as, as you say the win's a win and um, you know it was hard to, to get much continuity out there and, and, and build phases so you know although there was no tries scored you know we'll take the win and move on I guess that's that's what you get sometimes here in Scotland you're going to get some uh, wild weather throughout the season and, and it was one of those I was speaking to Lee Jones and Rory Jackson after the game and they said they'd actually prefer it to be properly chucking it down in terms of the ball being the ball's drier if it's a heavy rain as opposed to that kind of kind of foggy misty rain that was out there on Friday night yeah definitely and I think like with the wind combined as well like, it just makes it so much more difficult like you know like even I can remember at one point running off 10 off a five man line out Brandon threw me the ball it was about a three metre pass and the ball moved so much in there and I nearly dropped the thing mm-hmm. luckily I managed to grab it just just as it kind of bounced off my fingers but it definitely they are the most challenging I think when it is raining and it's windy and as you say when it's that kind of misty rain and the ball just gets absolutely soaked and you know, it's a bit different when you're on grass as well the, the, the dirt that comes from the, the grass pitch tends to make the ball a little bit grippier but see when you're playing on the astroturf mm-hmm. it's sort of um, it, obviously you don't have the, the mud or the dirt so it's just pure water all over the ball and it, and it does make it like a bar of soap so I will take it and, and move on uh, a couple of weeks off now for, for most guys uh, the guys that are in here are cracking on with training um, but sure it'd be good for the, the guys that are getting some time off to freshen up I'm interested to know what are the messages on the pitch at that point when you're out there and you realise that it's a that it's a wet ball and that maybe we can't play the type of game we want to who or if anyone is doing the talking they're saying right we need to adapt we need to do this differently this is how we should play yeah so I guess when the weather's like that it's about you know just getting the head down keeping the ball as much as possible um, the second half when we had the wind with us very much of it trying to play in their half as much as possible and make it difficult for them to exit um, you know these, these are the things you really need to um, take into account and, and, and play uh, most Quite a lot of teams nowadays will have a kind of wet weather uh, structure or mm-hmm. game plan that they'll go to. Um, Gregor Townsend, he's really big on that. Actually, he has a, a kind of a, a checklist of things that we're probably more likely to go to if it does start raining or if it's really windy. So things like that can be really helpful because um, you know we've all seen it before where the weather takes a turn for the worst and teams continue to play as they normally do maybe when it's dry and it makes things extremely difficult so you know it's, it's about keeping the ball and, and, and putting a lot of pressure on defensively I think and, and playing at the right area of the field and if you get that right the chances are you're probably going to come out on top And what was head coach Kenny Murray like on a game day was there rousing speeches at half time or was he pretty chilled taking influences from Dave well, it was great um, Kenny was really good actually uh I think all the players were pretty impressed. Obviously, he's been a head coach before and he's his daily air, so it was probably something that came quite naturally to him. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he had the boys in the changing room before and he had a, a few key points for us that he wanted to, us to really focus on going into the game. And um, yeah, he's, he's brilliant, obviously. He's 
heads up the defence for us most weeks and you know, he's somebody that you know, you're know you keen to go out there and only play for every single week because just because of the way he is and goes about his work so um, yeah it was, it was great having Kenny in and, and I think he was really appreciative of, of all the players for, for getting the job done uh, under the under the conditions we were, or the conditions we were under with Dave being away with his, his son's wedding so um, yeah it was, it was great Kenny was pleased after the game and um, good to see him last night on his face like uh, the stress that maybe <laughs> built it up a bit and he was just glad to get the result he said he was glad that because Dave was up in the early mornings in New Zealand watching it he said he was glad that Dave could just go and enjoy his son's wedding yeah nah, it's so nice exactly he's probably watching it with a beer in his hand <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, aye, it was good that uh, we were able to get the, the job done, and it was pretty touch and go at times. So um, I'm sure he was on the edge of his seat, but uh, it's good that he managed to, you know, go and enjoy his son's wedding with a, a positive result from from us back here. And then a big day, of course, for Robbie Smith and Tom Gordon making their Warriors debuts. It was a hell of a weekend for Tom Gordon. He kind of made his Glasgow debut on Friday night and then was still involved with Curry on the Saturday where they went and beat Melrose away. Yeah, massive weekend for him. Um, it's probably been a, a long time coming for him. He's been involved uh, He's been involved all this season and he was in for a little bit last season as well. So People speak very highly of him. He spends a lot of time with Cully, doesn't he? Yeah, they, they do a lot of work together, um, kind of on the field especially, after training on little kind of drills and stuff like that, but um, yeah, he is, he's, he's, he's worked really hard on and I think it's good to see him getting some recognition and, and getting a chance to, to play and, um, you know, obviously probably not the best to come on and make a <laughs> debut, but it's, it'll be great to, to have gotten that first cap and to get a win will be brilliant, so really pleased for him um, and young uh, Bamba as well Robbie really really good for him to get his first cap as well he's uh, he's been really impressive since he's been in with us and he's had his head down he's, he's worked hard he's, he's always asking questions so he's a great guy to have around the team and um, you know hopefully more of that for both of them to come in the future we're recording this on Monday, and then earlier today we announced that Andrew Davidson would be coming back to the club at the end, at the start of next season. What was he like when he was here on loan earlier this year? Oh, he's a legend. He's a legend of a lad. No, he's uh, he's a good guy. Actually, he was uh, I think he's a year or two beneath me at age grade level, so I remember him kind of coming through the ranks as a youngster, and um, he's, he's a physical player. Um, Switched on lad. Uh, he's, he's 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 a young, quite a young fella, but he's got a, a wise head on him. So um, he's, he's he's great to have him back at the club. Um, I think he's a he's a local lad as well. He's folks to stay over. I think it's Jordan Hill. So uh, great to have him back up here. He's he's had a, a few successful years down in Newcastle, and from what I've heard, he's enjoyed himself down there. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you dash off. But lastly, what's Gary Graham, like as a flatmate, as a roommate, I'm going to put you under pressure with him in the same room. He's a legend, this guy, man. He's he's good. He wasn't very happy with me though. Uh, first night we roomed together because I was snoring. I told him that I only snore if I lie on my back, um, but it wasn't the case. I was lying on my side and my front, and I was snoring the room down. Um, so he had to go to Tesco and buy some earplugs. Oh, so he was mate. a bit uh, disappointed, but I, he, he used to be now, Gaz. 
he's known his head. <laughs> so uh, he's a good roommate. We watch uh, TV together at night, and uh, yeah, it's nice. What are you watching this evening? Again. What's on the schedule this evening? Some more Netflix. Uh, we're going to watch a TV program. Um, we watched SES Who Dares Wins last night. Brilliant. Uh, tonight, Gaz has got some show that he's been talking to me about for the last two days, saying we really need to watch this. So I'm uh, I'm intrigued to see what it is, but we'll find out later on. He says it's a nine o'clock start. Right, mate. Well, listen, you enjoy that. Thanks for dialing in. And if selected to play this weekend, best of luck against Italy. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. The official Glasgow Warriors podcast. Although there's no Glasgow Warriors action at Scotston for a couple of weeks, Scotland women will be making the stadium their home and they kick off their Six Nations campaign against Italy on Friday night. You can still buy tickets to that game at scottishrugby.org. And earlier today, I sat down with head coach and former Glasgow Warriors forwards coach Shade Munro to discuss the upcoming Six Nations. Jack and Ashy with the weekly Glasgow Warriors podcast. So, Shade, full day of training at Scotston today. How was that? Uh, it went really well, actually. We had a double session. Uh, we had an in- much, we had an intense session this morning, and a bit more uh, sort of clarity session this afternoon. But it, but it all went well. How long have you been in camp, and what sort of numbers have you had the past few weeks? Uh, well, this is the first time we've been in camp, uh, building up for the Italian game, but we have previously had a match against Spain, that was a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh, it was a very tough game, they're, they're, they're ranked above us in the world, but uh, really good preparation going into the Six Nations. We had also in the autumn, uh, or in November, played against Canada, played against Italy, uh, and played against Ireland and friendly, so in terms of the camps that we've had together as a as a national group they've they've much increased uh, the intensity of those sessions has increased and with that comes the uh, we're much more prepared going into the six nations than we've been previously what the main positives you saw out of those four games there that you mentioned coming into this tournament well i think uh, in previous years we haven't had those fixtures a lot of the home-based scottish players don't get the level of competition on a weekly basis so the more games I can get them playing as a squad, uh, the better. So from my point of view, the home-based Scots are the ones that have improved a lot. The ones that are out with Scotland, uh, they're already playing a high level of competition on a weekly basis. So they raise the level when they come in, but they're now coming in and the home-based players are as prepared as they are, which is good. So for people who may not know, talk us through your current squad, how many of them are home-based and then how many of them will be playing in England and France? Uh, well, we've got three players in France, uh, Lisa Martin, Helen Nelson, uh, Chloe Rowley. We've got Sarah Bonner, Rachel Malcolm, uh, Rona Lloyd uh, playing in England. We have um, Lisa Thompson, who plays for DMP Sharks. She uh, lives in Scotland, but goes down and plays for Sharks at the weekend. Lisa Coburn, uh, prop, she plays for uh, Darlington as well. You played that Canada game was here at Scotston and a few fixtures the year before as well. Is it nice having a base? Is it nice for the players, especially to have like a home stadium that they can call their own? And what is it? Well, I think uh, uh, I think that's absolutely right. I think to have a, a stadium like Scotston with the support that is certainly a Warriors support, but it's now transferred, or a lot of those supporters have transferred on the women. 
it's hugely encouraging for them. They, they absolutely love playing here. It's a good track. It's a fast track. Uh, it suits the way that we're trying to play. Whilst it might suit other teams, it's the way that we want to play the game and it best suits us. So being at a facility like this is, is magnificent. What is the specific style of game that you're looking to bring to the Scotland women team? Uh, without giving too much away, we're trying to play rugby. We're not, it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that we're not as big as the teams we're against. So we have to keep the ball moving. We have to play a faster brand of rugby. It suits the Scottish, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the right word? It's physique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly we've not got masses of tall, massively strong women. Uh, in terms of the England team, the comparison's quite stark. So height and weight wise. Height and weight, physicality, uh, strength, that kind of thing. It's, it's typical England, really, to be mm -hmm. honest. So that, that hasn't changed. The men's team's the same. Mm -hmm. They want to play fast, open rugby, and that's kind of what we try to do as well. The problem you have with that is the level of rugby that they're used to playing and the skill level required. That's taken two, three years to develop. They're now getting much better at it. They're much better to, able to play at speed and be able to execute what we're trying to do. So it's, it's, uh, we're on a journey and we're uh, on that road, but we're not at the end of it yet. So there's still a fair bit of development to go, but it's, it's encouraging. But you saw enough progress in those aspects of skills and speed in the recent games against Spain and Canada. Uh, very much so, yeah. Uh, where, we, where we struggled against those teams was the physicality side of it. Uh, set piece-wise, driving line-outs, uh, scrum technique, sc scrum physicality, scrum fitness. They're just not used to that exposure. But the actual game itself, when we got the ball, uh, we were able to play and definitely able to impose our game on, on them, especially Canada who are one of the top four ranked teams in the world. So to perform as well as we did uh, and actually come very, very close to actually beating them. It was a drop ball over the line in the end, but uh, that was hugely encouraging. What are the, main, the other main shifts that you've seen in your time as head coach here? I would say fitness. I think uh, when you come in to take over any team, you have a look at the physical fitness of the team itself. Now, we, I could do skills to the cows come home, but if they're... I can make you can become twice as good a player if you get fit without doing any skills. So uh, if you can get the players fitter, uh, training more regularly, and we're now up to four SNC sessions a week, uh, two intense rugby sessions. That's that's the that's the biggest difference I've noticed. And whilst they're training now, we've got much more we're, we're now able to have much more intense sessions. So the skill skill level is exposed as well. Uh, and it's it's developed through the pressure that they're put under. Uh, you can't really replicate that until you're physically at a level that you can cope with it. So how have you managed that in terms of your access to these players, time on task, coming from a full-time professional environment with the Warriors into this? How have, What have the main challenges been? Well, initially when I came in, there was no uh, strength and conditioning sessions at all. They were just had their rugby club sessions, mm -hmm. uh, which were very low intensity. Uh, they only had their club games as competition. I had no access to them other than camps itself. And when I did have camps, I couldn't play any games because there was no one to play, no one had players. Uh, they, hadn't, they hadn't won a game in 35 internationals or something like that. So it was quite, it was, it was quite a challenge, if that's the right word to use. Mm -hmm. But since then, we've slowly chipped away at it and increased the level of competition with friendly internationals and now full test matches. We've been able to increase the level of support they get from an SNC point of view, and that's regionally all around the country. So the expertise from an SNC point of view is there in those regions as well. 
I'm also able to bring them in on a weekly basis for a national session at Murrayfield. This is for the home-based Scots. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to have a proper, intense rugby session that they might not necessarily get at their clubs. They also have regional rugby sessions that are the same level of intensity, and they do those on Friday mornings at 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's a huge commitment from the players who are, are still amateurs, mm -hmm. uh, vets, doctors, scientists, students. So they take unpaid leave, they take holidays, they use it all up to represent their country. So it's, uh, the, yeah, it's a huge, huge uh, commitment. And you've seen those shifts on the park there, haven't you? You mentioned that Canada game coming close to beating one of the best sides in the world and winning games against some of the best sides in Europe. Um, what are the... Most, what have you most been impressed with? We spoke earlier and it was the attacking, the attacking displays that your side have put out. Well, I mean, the attacking, we've started to score tries. They hadn't scored many tries previous as well, but uh, they start, they've scored four tries against Canada and scored four tries recently against Spain. That's something that they don't normally do. They haven't, been, they haven't had a tradition, certainly in recent years, of scoring lots of tries. The key is that uh, while scoring eight tries in two games, we conceded nine. Right. So you can see the work on there. Whilst mm -hmm. their attack is getting much better, uh, our defence is still where we're, we need to win the game. If we can score four tries and stop them and cut them to two or three, then you're more likely to be winning games. So that's the challenge now. So they've got themselves up to a level where it's close, but they're just not quite getting over the line. But it's not far away. Is there a different buzz around the squad with it being the Six Nations now as opposed to those friendlies that have gone before? Well I think so, I think uh, no matter how much I sort of tried to build up the match against Spain, the test match against Spain, which it is, you're still representing your country in a test match, it doesn't quite get to the heights that a Six Nations match does, mm -hmm. the excitement levels are huge, Six Nations rugby is a, is a fantastic competition so any player worth a salt would want to be playing in it and, and our lot are no exception. What can the crowd that are going to be here at Scotston on Friday night expect to see from Italy? What kind of rugby do they uh, Well, Italy, as I said, we played them in the autumn. We lost 38-0. So that's in November. So it's not that far away. A couple of months, two or three months away. So we'll see how far we've come in that short period of time. But it's going to be a really tough challenge. Italy uh, are the, the best of the next level. If I'm excluding France and England, who are fully professional now, mm -hmm. have moved away a wee bit in terms of the ability that they have. But we're in the group, we're in the melting pot with Italy, Wales, Ireland, Spain. So it's, it's important that we develop quicker than them. And uh, our aim is to hit the ground running against uh, Italy, give it 110% or 100%. Uh, and hopefully the crowd will give the crowd something to sort of be excited, get excited about have you, as a coaching team and as a squad, discussed what a successful Six Nations would look like? Um, we have, but it's we're still a very much a development team. I'm not wanting to sound sort of as if I'm avoiding the question here, mm -hmm. but Six Nations rugby is about the first game, and we're not a team that's been winning hundreds of uh, Six Nations matches recently. So mm -hmm. we've won one or two, three games in the last three years. So this is about approaching the first game against Italy in the best manner we possibly can and we'll take it from there. From a personal point of view, what's it like back coaching at Scotland again? What, if you look back to your time here with the Warriors, are there any particular memories from your time <laughs> here that stand out? Uh, I've got lots of memories of being at the Glasgow Warriors. Um, I liken it sometime, I liken it a bit to what it's like when I took over with the women's team. 
when we were with Glasgow, when we as a coaching group with uh, uh, Sean Lanine, Hugh Campbell, mm -hmm. Glasgow were very much bottom. The Scottish teams were very much bottom of the Celtic League as it was then. And it's t it took a long time to get them uh, to improve as a, as a group culturally, never mind the type of rugby we were trying to play. Uh, it's kind of similar. Well, the highlight was obviously winning the Pro 12 mm -hmm. uh, against Munster. And the very next training session after that, I was uh, in with the national women's team. So that was quite a contrast. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've seen the team develop and I've seen them grow. So the, the similarities, that's where the similarities are. So Maybe saying, not necessarily. Seeing, yeah. seeing similarities in the progression that Glasgow made over that. Yeah. In your yeah. period of time there with the women yeah, now. There's not, there was nothing different. They had to become fitter, faster, stronger, whether it be man, whether it be woman, it's the same thing whilst improving your rugby knowledge, whilst improving your fitness, uh, whilst improving your skill level, uh, that's the, the two are exactly the same. And then how much can the women's game take from the men's game? How much is transferable? Do you still watch how the Warriors in Edinburgh are playing and take things from that? Watch how... Uh, very much so. Play? I try and get the uh, players within the squad to watch more rugby. Mm -hmm. So what better teams to watch than Glasgow, even Edinburgh? Uh, am I allowed to say that? So. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll let you say it now. <laughs> Uh, so you would encourage them to watch pro team games, ask them questions about what they see. Uh, they'll see a lot. They'll, they'll learn a lot from that. Uh, so I would have been encouraging that. Scotland games are coming under the Six Nations. We'll certainly be watching them. We use clips from the men's game. It's the, there are similarities, obviously, uh, but there are also differences too. I uh, wouldn't be straightforward comparing one against the other, but there are obviously aspects which definitely transfer. Shade, all the best on Friday nights against Sicily. Hope you can start on the front foot. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. The latest from Scotston, the weekly Glasgow Warriors podcast. A really interesting insight into the women's game from Shade there. And as I said, you can buy tickets to Scotland Women v Italy Women at Scotson Stadium on Friday night now at scottishrugby.org. In other news, earlier today we announced that centre Alex Dunbar will be joining English Premiership side Newcastle Falcons on loan for the remainder of the season. And everyone at the club would like to wish Alex the best of luck as he takes on a new challenge in his career. That's all for this week's Warriors Weekly. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll have more next week on Tuesday. Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy.